BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I just have to mention this right off the bat. What was that, like, first, like minute of this episode it was so weird I've, I've never been so jarred by like it i was like nick did you start us halfway through what just <laughs> i thought that too i thought it might be like it felt so much like i mean at the very least like we missed an episode and there was some like plot it was a weird way to start it but it didn't feel too unnatural like as it progressed i feel like maybe it's like they they just forgot to have a cold open or like they had one that was longer or something well, it's so weird they, because, they like, to, like they, I feel like they could have achieved the same thing just, like, showing, like, the scene with him and her all, like, broken up. But I think they were like, we need to establish that Gus is very, very, very insecure right now. So we need a scene where he's really sad. And they're like, where are we going to put it? And they're like, right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. Well, but the, but I, the thing about that is that I thought they were setting up some kind of thing about him being insecure about his relationship with Willow, not about being an illusionist which is what the episode was about i feel like they could have they could have been more about that in the beginning and it would have been better true yeah from seeing willow on the call i was thinking like oh a willow and gus episode that's never happened before but then it was just gus which has also never happened before and was pretty good but what are your opinions on like the main conflict he went through in this episode like like i'm like a little torn because i'm like I've, I've never gotten the impression that he's been like insecure about illusions but i think the idea of exploring like oh illusions are considered a lesser form of magic because it's all just like tricks is interesting but i'm like hmm. hmm um i was waiting for the episode to be about gus pretending he can use glyph magic and then the more of the story being, oh, he can't actually use cliff magic, but that's okay. But the ep- the turn that the episode took was a pleasant surprise for me. Like, the turn off the yeah. grandest kids actually being evil. As you said, oh, it's my ice cream truck. The grandest kids being <laughs> evil and um, Betty over there being kind of like a psycho influencer who's in charge of all the kids because she's the most popular and strongest. Can I just um, say thank I, I really like that. Because I yeah. was like, why are they hanging out with Barf... What is his name? Bartholomew? I was like, they're so no, nice, where are they hanging out with him? <laughs> and I'm glad they're actually just manipulating him or just using him, because I was like, please tell me they're not just, like, ignoring the fact that he's being terrible right now. But he was less terrible in this one than his first appearance. I know, but in the beginning, he was just, like, just being the same, you know? Yeah, that was another thing, like, I'm a little torn on, like, his, like, quote-unquote redemption arc because it's just another case of like he was just acting the same like at the beginning and then at the end he was just like i am changed now we are yeah. friends and i'm like well i don't know <laughs> to, 
to me he's such like an inconsequential character like i didn't even remember who he was until a few seconds after you all made negative didn't size he win, like didn't he win like worst character award or yeah yeah how could you forget him as usual like i love seeing new locations in the show and Every time they do something like, oh my god, like the ruins and like the bleeding like statues, like I know that was an illusion, but I'm like, yeah. can, they, can they do that? See, that, like, that shot was in the trailer, and yeah, I just I realized, oh yeah, like it's an illusion, that's why, <laughs> oh like that's why they can get away with doing that, I guess. That was the, that was the biggest like illusion magic example we've seen like to like to influence like an entire environment like that is like super crazy yeah and to make it seem like magic isn't working too is such a big yeah deal, is that I oh yeah i didn't really even think of that like was it like he illusioned her magic away like it like well no because like, presumably it? what happened is that the magic was really happening but he just reacted quickly enough to hide it uh which also means that i guess magic is no uh like you don't feel it you only see it or i don't know maybe not maybe she was just scared and reacted that way but i don't know it's, it's weird but cool yeah it was it was interesting but um moving over to you know loose and amity's plot well, hey, hang just, on hang on hang on i'm sorry i'm sorry okay. um isn't bleeding statues like a doctor who thing or something was that like you're thinking of the you're thinking of the um what weeping angels the, the weeping angels no, moving they, statues a very scary um, thing, but I was really surprised to see something that scary in the Owl House. I mean, I know Disney's done scary before, but that's a bit... wow. That was almost as scary as Hootie just taking himself out of the house and leaving his <laughs> organs. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to move on from that too fast, because I'm like, huh, I also have more to say. <laughs> um, the, guy, the guy who guarded the ruins, like, I guess uh, he was probably a ghost, like they said, right? It's an old illusionist. And I guess that's almost like I was gonna go somewhere with that, and like I guess that's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Hmm. It would be <laughs> interesting like he... if ghosts like exist, but like the only form of magic they can use is illusions. That would be cool. Well, was was there was there something that alluded to him being a ghost? Because I didn't get that. Well, just that he no. lives in a graveyard. <laughs> he lives in a graveyard, and then uh, what is his name? I'm sorry. I don't know. Tholomew. Oh, Metholomew. Metholomew was just like, yeah, that guy's definitely a ghost. <laughs> like, he said that, like, right after, and I was like, I thought that was, like, confirmation, essentially, because it was like, I mean, maybe he's wrong, but I thought that was just the implication. Nah, I mean, I don't think um, it's like, a, I don't think that's, like, confirmed he's a ghost. I think it was a funny character moment for Metholomew. But also, he yeah. might be a ghost. I thought they were going for the fact that, like, the audience would be like, oh, this guy's definitely a ghost, and then Metholomew says that, and then everyone's like, ha ha, that's what I thought, but I guess there's no confirmation. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. He might be alive. He might just be a crazy old guy. Yeah, it doesn't or really might matter be a ghost. that much. <laughs> but yeah, I found it interesting um, that they managed to make um, Gus a non-agonizing character for once, and they actually gave him an interesting hey, whoa, 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 whoa. He's, <laughs> he's never had enough screen time to be agonizing. That's what the problem was to me. Maybe I the agonizing like part is that he doesn't have enough screen time, where we're like, I want to like you so badly. Can yeah, you please I, do something? Well, yeah, it's like... It's like they have Gus and Wither in episodes and they're a pair and neither of them ever do anything, especially when they're together. Uh, 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 they have even less opportunity to do anything because they have to share their screen time. Um, but now we had Gus by himself for almost the entire episode. There was barely any lose in this episode and there was yeah. no either 
and only one oh, yeah, Ida wasn't in so, it. <laughs> yeah, Ida wasn't in the episode. The Owl House wasn't in the episode. So Is that this was very because like yeah, normally normally you know if it, when a cartoon has an A plot and a B plot, they like kind they, they like intersect a little bit. Which didn't happen at all here. Like they, they, they started, you know, they started together and then they just completely split off and never met up again and it's just two completely different plots. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. it was strange. This was a weird I, episode. I thought the uh what is it what is the other school called? I'm sorry. Glandis. I thought the, the kids from Glandis had really cute designs too. I also loved that Gus's illusion of the dude's dad was just him with a mustache. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the exact same it worked. outfit. And the guy's like, I want ice cream, Dad. Yes, and, the guy, and he also asked, when did you grow a mustache? Which means that his dad apparently just looks exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> How much you want to bet that guy is a clone? Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. wow. Deep lore. <laughs> this know, is the epic lore now. In terms of, you know, Luce's plot, I... It was funny. I was like, "Is this lost in language again? We're in the library? We got the... Yeah. We got the... No, I, I, but it was... No, it was... It was... I was, I was happy to... I was happy to see how, I don't know, it was weird, because, like, her and Amity were obviously blushing a lot this episode, but I didn't feel as bad as I felt when Amity did it in the sports episode. I was like, oh, like, no, no, they're just, I don't know, did you guys find it jarring, or do you think I, it was the correct amount I thought of it was. I thought it was okay, because compared to that sports episode, because it was the both of them, and I sort of had this thought, like, throughout the episode. Right when they, like, were hiding from the guy, and they were, like, close to each other and rolled away, I started to think, like, are they like hamming this up a little too much? But it, it made me realize that it's like, not only is it like two girls in love, which just never happens on a cartoon ever to begin with, but it's like, there's not really ever romance in cartoons ever. Like we all have anime and like fandom stuff in our minds, but cartoons never actually go that deep on relationships. Like, yeah, like they romance. tend to have unrequited. Um, I, I found like, I've always found the blushing a bit patronizing like you understand if i mention anime anime is full of girls blushing at each other and cartoons have been as well apart from steven universe quite professionally like um there's no there's nothing like that in su the characters are quite straightforward or it's um quite dignified like bismuth and bill in future but um so i did think i did find it a little bit uncomfortable and patronizing like these characters wouldn't probably wouldn't act like that they're probably doing it because that's how gay subtext is coded into shows these days but um i loved edwin and uh, Ed- edric and edwin edric and emera edric and emera yes i loved their involvement in this episode that was everything i'd been hoping yeah, every for. every line they said was just so good like they wrote they write them so well i yeah. just cannot believe yeah. it for sure and, and we saw we saw different sides to lose an amity as well like they they were they were taking this is a very serious episode for the both of them amity being a rather gentle character and lose being quite grown up i i really felt like they've matured a lot since the start of the series i'm really glad like they didn't like they didn't leave it on like amity walks away like i need some time loose yeah they're just okay yeah no that's that's the thing like i i think the the if the you know if the blushing in this episode had been left to just that and it was just like that sports episode again kind of then it would have been bad and like too much but because it was actually building up to the kiss at the end of the episode is good I, I mean, they'll probably be fucking dating the next time we see them. I, I honestly wondered if they were dating at the start of this episode. I think... Um, I, also, I, I, I just want to say that I think it's cute that they blush differently. 
Like, Amity has her whole face go red, yeah. and Luz just, like, under her eyes. Another thing, oh my god, is this the first time I've seen Amity without her, like, hair band in? I was like, I think so, yeah. It was so cute, but... You, you, I, you were freaking out, actually. You had, like, a bad reaction to that, and I was like... I was so excited. She was adorable. I love her. I was happy to see Luz, like... I think, I don't know, maybe Luce has had time to, like, think over her feelings and develop them, because before it was, like, pretty one-sided, and Luce was, like, yeah. totally... But now, like, that she was also like that, I was happy to see it. The joke where they were caught by that terrifying thing, and he was just like, I'm just so disappointed <laughs> in you. That was, like, the best joke in television history. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? It was so see, funny. See, par part of me wanted to see another super cool, scary no. library chase, but then another part of me thought that that was very funny. That's why the joke hit so hard, because, like, I think the show consistently has, like, a cool monster, like, at the end, and, like... I was like, oh, this guy's really cool, and this library section's really cool. He might do this, like, really amazing, like, crazy dark magic, or, like, this might be really crazy. I don't know. But then it was just like, nah. <laughs> just you, know, like... you know the scene at the start? Like, I, I still have thoughts on this. The scene at the start where um, Gus calls out Luz on asking for his library card so that he can go see Amity, and Luz is like, yeah, I haven't been doing a good, good job at hiding that. The only show, the only cartoon where I've seen a relationship get development in that way and and that quickly is Adventure Time, where namely Burning Low, when Finn was going off to see Flame Princess, and um, arguably PB and Marcy in season seven, when Marcy just showed up at PB's bedroom in the middle of the night. That's the only time I've seen characters build relationships in that way in cartoons. You don't really get that. In, anime, in kids animation so you made a good point earlier and i think too like even just in my head like i think the way adventure time does it is totally different from how um this is doing it like i i feel like owl house is doing it in a way that's very clearly like anime inspired whereas adventure time was like adventure time's own sort of way of doing it like they didn't really pull it from anything but i could definitely tell that like we have a lot of anime fangirls on the board team for this show which isn't a bad thing it's just it's just how it's just how people have developed now because there's all younger artists working on this stuff now yeah it's it's just people taking inspiration from the things they love i i wouldn't say it was too anime i'd say it's quite anime but not too anime i have two, i have two questions actually one question and one comment um I when I was initially watching it and Amity had the reaction when she got fired, I was like, part of me was like, ooh, I don't like, like I feel like this reaction feels forced. But then I was like, maybe it doesn't, because she like, she lost her library job and she started getting sad and then she started thinking about like how she's never had feelings like that before and how Luz is making her do all these things and she starts getting scared about her like own identity. I think so. I think her reaction was probably felt natural but did you guys feel like her her like reaction to getting fired was natural or was it too shoehorned it was it was good it was a good reaction i think and you, you've got to bear in mind losing amity um do they even know that they're like gay yet i mean i think that's what that's that's what I, i'm thinking yeah, yeah. i think that's like, one of the things amity even said she was like i'm feeling things i never had before and i think it scares her like honestly yeah she's yeah. She's, she's never had feelings for someone before she doesn't understand why she's so gushy about Luz. And, um, and her siblings, I guess she has a thing to understand it. Her siblings literally said the line, you weren't happy before this, and that, I loved that line. Just like, I don't know. It, it was death. It was death to them. Which brings me to the other thing, where, like, the fact that she changed her hair, like, me liking the green aside better. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I like both. But, you know, her her changing her hair was very, was very 
powerful message to me. It's just like mom's always liked to yeah. clean, but she's sort of ready to be her own person, and that made me really happy. I love that you know that, that it has that meaning, and I also love in general when just like things change in yes. cartoon status quo. <laughs> presumably, she'll have this hairstyle from now on or for a while. Uh, can I got like? Can I ask opinions on it? Like what? Because personally. I don't like it. <laughs> I liked her old hair. Like the color is cool, but the, the I liked her old hairstyle like way more than this one. What that's do you guys the, think? Well, that's the thing. What I said is, so I was like, oh, I might have liked the green better, but I think I like the message so much, and like, I kind of, I kind of like, uh, I kind of related it to my own life, where like when my best friends like dye their hair, and I'm like, oh, I like their old hair better, but then I say how happy they are and what it means to them, and I'm like, I like the new hair better. I felt the same <laughs> way about Amity's oh. hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I almost had to get I, used I, to I, it. I, I saw. I, I somebody sent me a picture of um, Amity kissing Louis on the cheek, like a few hours before this are your podcast. And terrible? I was so. My friends are terrible. I Can, if you're watching this, this I'm talking about you. And um, and 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 Can sent me that, and 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 I was like, oh my god, why would you send me this? I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I also said, why has she dyed her hair purple? She's gone from green to purple. She's gone from, like, obsessed with um, her mum to, like, dying it purple because she likes Lewis. But at the same time, it's cute. It's really cute. And, um, it is cute. I, I love the hairstyle as well. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't matter if it's as good as before. It's just a bit different. And we're going to warm up to that character design if it lasts a while. And I'm like, that's Amity exploring herself and her own identity at her own pace and deciding what she yeah. wants to represent. And at the moment, she wants to dye her hair purple. So, yeah. I'm gonna mention this because it still eternally makes me upset. When you said, like, I love things changing in shows, in the end of Little Brother and Adventure Time, when they said the treehouse is in bloom and it turned pink, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they're gonna change the treehouse color because they defeated the evil roots. I'm so happy, and then it never showed up again. I was so mad. I was yeah. depressed. It would have been so cool if it, it did show been up awesome. again. Because I was like, oh, this is the natural state of the treehouse. It was just suppressed by the Rat King or whatever. And just not, Anyway, that was a tangent. I just had to mention it. <laughs> I completely agree. I also had that exact thought when the episodes came out after yeah. that, and they weren't different. But yeah, I also really liked the dialogue between the two when, like, Amity was like, I don't know, because a lot, maybe in Owl House or maybe in shows in general, like, Amity was like, kind of like, you know, you make me do stupid things and I think I need space. And usually the characters, like, stutter and they're like, Amity, wait. And then, then that's it. But Luz got to respond and was just like, you make me do stupid things too, sort of thing. It was like kind of a mutual, like, man, this relationship's sort of complicated, isn't it? Which was nice. Because I'm used to those conversations being really one sided in media. And I'm just like, yeah, she responded. Woohoo. I gotta say that this episode, while we were watching, I was thinking, if this episode was just the Lose and Amity plot, then it would be a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh. But like, but it's not, though. It's the, the, the pacing is so weird. It should have been longer. It should have been either a two-part episode, or they should have just split the two plots into like two different episodes. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, that they had that weird cold open, as we already discussed, and that wouldn't have been a problem if they had more time to for everything. Like, I don't, that's, I don't uh, mind it. I liked it. I, I really liked the cold open. I really liked um, the two plots that didn't necessarily have to be connected because this is uh, this is not just focused on, oh, it's the main plot, everything has to come together in the end. It's it's exploring different kinds of storytelling. And I think the Owl House should do that more. So I, I'd, I'd want to encourage this sort of thing to, to happen again. Wow. 
It's getting heated in here. Tipsy <laughs> wants bad cold opens from now on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and more uh, Matholomew or whatever his name now, is. No, I agree that no. experimenting is, is good. I just don't like the, this execution in particular. I mean, another thing is that those, like, Landis kids hardly got any development at all. They each had, like, one thing going on. Yeah. You know, yeah, I kind of didn't care well, I, about them. I totally... Those Glandis kids reminded me of Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty very often makes, like, ensemble characters for one episode that are just guest stars and, like, are meant to be kind of a joke. So, like, I I was just kind of used to that type of character. Like, right, right when they showed up, I was like, oh, okay, these are just going to be, like, they're here for the plot ensemble to sell t-shirts and stuff. I have to mention this because I forgot to mention it earlier. It's not that important, but I know it was just an illusion, but the Guardian of the, like, Ruins, like, also awesome. I love their monster design because, like, yes. it's, like, consistently surprising to me, their monster design, because it's, like, I don't know, I think you're, like, okay, scary Ruins monster, What it, what is it gonna look like? And a lot of people follow, like, this, like, formula, but, like, they just have this really unique uh, design to all their monsters. Yeah, they're all, so, like, they're always go. different. Like, there's no monsters that you can really like compare yeah. to each other super awesome but yeah sorry i just had to say that because i felt bad that i didn't it's time for the episode haiku uh no well, wait, so save, save that for the end yeah save that yeah. for the like that'll be our closing statement okay that's fair yeah. oh also one thing before we get into ratings uh really cool at the you know the, the very end like the last thing Oh, no, wait, was the kiss the last thing, I think? Yeah, it was, because then Amity walked in the door and closed the door. But anyway, when Amity and Luz were, like, watching the rat reading the book... Oh, I forgot about that part! <laughs> <laughs> How did we forget about the most important plot point? The, like, you know, old-timey narration was so interesting. Like, I hope we get to see more book segments in the future. For me personally, with how I was feeling, I got huge like Simon Petrikov reveal uh, vibes, which doesn't mean like it was the same impact because obviously like finding out Ice King, all that stuff, but like just like this like grounded moment of like this like historical person just like in from the past, just like saying this really cool stuff. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, but like I I'm sure we can all agree we're supposed to figure out that that's the emperor, right? I I, guess, I mean like, I don't I know. Mean, I I was thinking at first, but then he's talking about finding a way, and it shows the doors. But so it's like, yeah. did he did he know about the door? Like, did he ha have I, the door? Did he make? I the don't door? know. It might have been. It might have been in the book. He might have had. Okay. It yeah. It. Yeah. I guess it could there, be like it could it could be a thing of he was a human like trapped in the boiling aisles a long time ago, and so he dedicated his life to trying to find a way back. Uh, and that eventually led him down the path of somehow becoming the emperor, but he's still on the same goal, and that's why he wants the door so bad. I'm he wants it so bad. I yeah. feel like that's the most obvious plot. I guess maybe, like, that doesn't mean it would be a bad plot. I wonder if, like, I wonder if, like, he got the door... Like... I mean, the the biggest mystery there is how is he so old? Like, how has he lived for hundreds of years? The Titan's heart, but... maybe? Because he is, like... Yeah, the, the Titan's blood, and that's what um, Ida's mem referenced last episode. So, um, I, 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 it's the same voice actor. I'm certain it's the same voice actor as the Emperor. Oh, really? Okay. I don't yeah. remember what the Emperor's voice sounds like. Uh, I mean, it could, Hello, I, human. I wonder, I wonder if, uh, he got the door thing, like, created, but he couldn't use it, and maybe he's like, I'm gonna put it in front of Eda the Owl late, and now he probably didn't even know her back then. <laughs> I feel like I'm reaching. I don't know, I'm trying to figure out why it would just be in the dirt, like, so obviously placed in front of her, and it's like, maybe he needed someone else. Nah, nah, nah. I'm maybe someone hid it from him. Maybe he did a really, <laughs> maybe dirt. someone ran from him, he did a really bad job. 
Maybe they tried, I mean, maybe it's true. Was it raining when she was running? Like, maybe they tried to bury it, and then it just, like, kind of... I don't, I don't think it was. Yeah. No, I, no, not really. Yeah, I guess that, that also Emperor plot would explain, like, you know, that would mean that he never actually found any answers, and so the book isn't useful, and that's why he doesn't care that it's still just in the library. Yeah. True. I can't believe I forgot that part. <laughs> but if the Emperor is a human, then where does that leave the Golden Guard? Because it, because our, our running theory was that the Golden Guard is his son or a clone, and the Golden Guard is clearly um, not human. He's maybe a, his a, wife, maybe uh, his, his adopted. wife is, a, uh, is an elf. Witch. A witch, yeah. yeah. Or a demon, whatever the yeah. difference is there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I the Golden Guard, like, prob like, maybe it just isn't his son. I was just like, figured that would be like, you know, it's just like, oh, who's that guy? The most trusted Emperor guy. It's the I son. mean, <laughs> he's a teen. That's why it's weird. That's why it's like, oh, he's probably nepotism or something. To talk about ratings, like I said, the, the, the Luz and Amity stuff would be 10 out of 10 for me, but the Gus stuff was more like a six. I just didn't care about it. So to split the difference, I guess it would be an eight on this one. Whoa! I was between eight and eight point five. I'm gonna say eight. I enjoyed it a lot, though. But like, like we usually say, like I think about my favorite episodes and I compare to them, and I'm like, eh, I'll give it. It's so hard for me to to think of one because I I did like uh, really aside from the cold open being like weirdly jarring. I did like all of it. I liked the two completely separated plots. I think they were both good you know they weren't necessarily exciting or like super engaging like other episodes have been aside from the last what three minutes with lose go with your gut very good so well uh, during the episode i was gonna say six but then the the, the ending happened and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> so wow. i don't i don't know i guess uh i guess seven makes sense Boo. just kidding <laughs> And eight is pretty agreeable for me. I was quite engaged with this episode. I really liked um, the Grandus, Betty, we've been calling her, <laughs> the Felicia Day character from Grandus. Um, and I hope she comes back at some point because I'd love to see her as a sort of she won't. And off. <laughs> I like. Uh, sure yeah, but, yeah. I, I like to Celebrity hear a little more stars. about Grandus and how it's like more of like a the only the strong survive sort of environment. You know, you know that entire arc with like Peridot and Steven Universe, and she's like, "Oh yes, and on the Gem Homeworld, you got to be strong and mean." And, and Peridot was obviously quite weak. Is it maybe like that, except not as terrible, um, not as terribly handled, hopefully? But um, you gotta find some way to say something bad about Steven Universe in every episode. Every single episode. I'm sorry, you can <laughs> cut that if you like. I, I I was actually talking to someone about how Steven Universe is the second best cartoon I've seen. Uh, maybe not the second right. best, but um, definitely up there. So I quite enjoy it. That's the first thing I've ever heard of you that's been like positive. So that's funny to hear. <laughs> Or, like, from Steven Universe, rather. <laughs> I thought you hated it. Yeah, so, like, again, my feeling on this episode is that it just, like, I wish it had more time to do everything that it was doing. Um, but, you know, as weird an episode as it is, that, that is also an enjoyable experience when you get to think, wait, what is happening and why? Why is this like this? So, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good one to settle on. So can I do right. my haiku? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I love Amity. Woo, okay. I love Amity. Her new hair is so precious. 
the Gus part was fine. Yes! <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. That, that, that was an episode. Also, can I can I say one thing? Glandy's not. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for other podcasts coming real soon. If you're enjoying this series, please leave a review for it. We'd love to know what you think. Also, consider subscribing to my YouTube channel, Crowned Cryptid, where I post reviews and news videos about cartoons, and I also upload these podcasts early there as well. Have a nice day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.